This is Fusion Music Radio's Birds of a Feather. We are an indie music-focused show rife with witty, fuck-laden, insanely interesting, and unhinged banter. Our fascinating, fun features will fluster, flummox, fulfill, and thrill you. And uh, who am I? Well, I'm Professor P. Soup, and about all I have to say about myself is... On the seventh hour, on the seventh day, on the seventh month, seven doctors, they say. Hey, lady, he just came out looking like that. What do you want from us? <laughs> oh, fuck me. <laughs> and uh, what about you, Punkin? What's your story? <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't think I can outdo that. I am the vocalist for the dark alt-rock band Ascent. Here in your house, surrounded by secrets, I just say yes to the sky as it hums me a lullaby. Why push the dream of a forest, cold, numb, sinking, and waiting? I lament, why can't I be you? You're just like heaven. Pictures of you make me homesick as I recall the in-between days we spent together on Fascination Street. I know it's foolish to wish impossible things, but at night, all I want is your return. That was lovely, but I didn't recognize any of those were song titles, perhaps? or The Cure. The Cure. I thought one of them sounded familiar. Just like Heaven, did you say? Mm-hmm. That was it. The rest of them, I thought, I know a few Cure songs, don't I? But you totally flummoxed me with that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Cure girl. Promise and I go fulfilled, you know? <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> right out of the gate. <laughs> right out of the gate. I mean, you know. We do uh, not disappoint. We do not. And now what about this episode here? Well. You know how we keep things uh, kind of uh, kind of spontaneous. We have another script flip here. In place of themes for the next two shows, we will share the top twenty of two thousand twenty. Today's show will feature twenty through eleven, and the next, the top ten of the year two thousand twenty. And here's a little fun fact for you: since February two thousand twenty, we've played one hundred eighty songs by one hundred fifty-two indie artists. And uh, thank you all for your amazing support as we near our both one-year anniversary. That's right. Our first show aired on February 14th, 2020. And Dumplin' here and I were in Hollywood watching uh, a band who, in fact, might be on the show tonight. Mm, you never know. You know. Um, and uh, what will we do to celebrate our one year? Stay tuned. 2021 will also yield some tasty changes that are sure to satisfy fans old and new. Uh Speaking of new, we wanted to introduce an on-call, anytime feature called Squawk That Loon, which is like sing that tune, for those of you who didn't get that. Uh, this new and ongoing and spontaneous feature where either co-host names an artist or band and the other has to sing one or more songs by that artist or band at any time or multiple times per show. It's like a sudden drop and give me 20 out of the blue. Right. You know, uh, <laughs> Lightning round out of the blue. Yes. You know, pop quiz. A pop quiz, basically. And everybody loves a pop quiz. Now, don't they, kids? <laughs> Failure to perform at least an excerpt from one song by said artist or band will result in public mockery for the loser who fails. Although <laughs> uh, we very, came very close when we were trying to do winging it last time. So, and may have other undisclosed consequences. All the challenging co-host will say is, squawk that loon, and then say the name of an artist or band. The challenged will have 15 seconds to begin singing at least a 5 to 10 second song excerpt, gulp, and if that sounded awfully coherent, that's because Christina wrote it and it wasn't anything of mine, so uh, (laughs) thank you for uh, stating the retrospective and uh, introducing the new feature 
uh, in a way such as uh, the audience can understand. That was great. <laughs> of course. So we have a lot of amazing things coming up, David. Obviously, both for the end of this year. And I didn't say both. I said both. I, yeah, know it I, I thought like you it. said both. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> for the end of this year and for 2021, a lot in store and very, very exciting things. So, you know, I was thinking, you know, why do we make these decisions? You think, oh, you're just making these decisions on the fly. Well, actually, we have to be mindful of the timing. So we're getting toward the end of the year. So we have to make sure that you know how much we appreciate you and feature some of you again as part of our top 20 because it really is all about you the artist getting your name out there getting your music heard and again we are hoping to be a small part of what helps catapult you into a ginormous stardom ginormous that's what we want for you nothing less yes exactly i mean i agree you agree everybody agrees everybody agrees so, Bird Banter Part 2. Sometimes we have a two-parter, and this time is no different. So this time we are going to talk about the best rock vocalist of all time. Now, I did not come up with this list. I did, however, come up with my own list of best rock vocalists, and I assume you did too. So I'm going to start with number 10. Okay, so there's a top 10. Number 10, are you ready, David? Ready. Steven Tyler. Steven Tyler, to me, absolutely deserves to be on there. No question. What do you think? And he's number 10, of course, which should he really be number 10 or should be higher up in the list? Well, let's continue on up the list and see what you think. Number nine is Prince. Oh, wow. So not surprised that Prince made the cut here. Then I go to number eight, Ann Wilson. Wow. Number eight. Man, she ought to be on there. Right, uh, but you're like, mm, he's at the eight, right position, you know, yeah. right? And then we go up to number seven, and that is Elton John. Mm-hmm. Okay. Again, you know, you're saying yes, certainly on the list, but right position, not sure. Number six, Chris Cornell. Wow. Oh, yeah. Number six. Totally slid past me, and you're absolutely right. They are absolutely right. Number five, Stevie Nicks. What? Yeah, you see, that, that brings me to something I was going to say when we get to our list. Yes, uh, eh, you know, I'm, I'm questioning, too. I have questions, I mean, too. I like Stevie Nicks, but one of the best rock vocals of all time. That's, as Shakespeare would say, aye, there's the rub. That is indeed the rub, because I don't, uh, again, lover, don't consider one of the best rock vocalists ever. But this is not our list. We'll give our list in a moment. Number four... David Bowie. Well, okay. okay. I mean, I'm, yeah, right? I clap my hand over my filthy sewer hole and say nothing against <laughs> David Bowie. <laughs> right. Number three, Steve Perry. Yep, he was on mine too. So. Steve Perry, that voice. Mm-hmm. Number two, Robert Plant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And number one, who do you think number one is? Oh, I'm going to go with, I, I don't mean to sound weary, but I'm going to go with Freddie Mercury. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. Freddie Mercury is number one. I have a couple of bones to pick with this list. Uh, One I already mentioned with the Stevie Nicks, but before I get to that, I want to do some honorable mentions that came in 11 through 15. Number 11, best rock vocalist, Paul McCartney. Hmm. Yeah. Didn't even make the top 10. Yeah, Hmm. what's up with that? And I know there's only so much room on the top 10, but but Paul McCartney. Uh, So number 12, Johnny Cash. Yeah, Hmm. yeah, no, no, no. Number 13, Janis Joplin. Mm, I thought about it, and no. Number 14, Don Henley. And number 15, not at all the top 10, Elvis Presley. 
Holy guacamole. So I'm a little, I'm not exactly sure. And again, this came from numerous different sources. I can't even remember all of them or list them. But really, you know, kind of tried to compile some of these from what I saw. And I thought, hmm, this is where they fell. And I just, I, I'm concerned. So namely concerned about Johnny Cash, Janis Joplin, Don Henley, and Stevie Nicks. I, I, I would not put them in my top anything for best rock vocalist. No, and when the subject came up, I'm, I'm glad we weren't asked about 10. We weren't. We were no. just said, very goes good. I right, couldn't do 10. It really caused me to have to think, and you know, as you know, that's something I don't do a lot of and everything, and it came to an interesting conclusion, or what passes for an interesting conclusion in my little micro-universe, is that a lot of bands that we love, that are perfect just the way they are, that we wouldn't change, and in my case, ones that I have most, if not all, of their albums, do not have what I consider to be a great rock singer right. on the mic. And even though I love them, and... Uh, for example, Blondie. Is Deborah Harry a great rock singer? Really not. Not really. No. no. I wouldn't change uh, a note. I wouldn't change the band in any way. She belongs there, but she just doesn't meet the rise to the level. James Hetfield, Metallica. Is he a great rock singer? Not no. exactly. No. no. Uh, David Lee Roth. I love I have everything by all of these acts. Mm, no. Nah, I wouldn't call him that. And although my list doesn't have a Muppet in the bunch, at least I don't think so, The Who. Love The Who. Got damn near everything they got. And I don't consider Roger Daltrey a great vocalist. Muppet. Muppet. <laughs> I, don't, I don't consider him that either. But you want to hear some of mine? Definitely. Okay. But I love that you mentioned those because, while amazing, not great rock vocalists. And that's okay. Yeah. I mean, even from bands that are among your favorites. Right. They just, you know, I, who would I put in Blondie over Deborah Harry? Of course not. Nobody. But is she a great rock vocalist? No. Mm. So the ones that I actually consider to be were several that ended up on the various lists. You, uh, Len, both Lennon and McCartney, I think, belong there. Not just McCartney, Lennon also. Because he can sing a beautiful ballad and he can scream. I mean, he is he's just a great rock vocalist by any stripe to me. Robert Plant, absolutely. Uh, Freddie Mercury, of course, was on there. Steven Tyler was on my list as well. I would put Mick Jagger up there. I think he's a fantastic rock vocalist. I mean, he's an opera singer, but he's a great rock vocalist. Elton John was certainly on there. Rod Stewart. Hello, Rod Stewart. Elvis Presley was certainly there. Chrissy Hind, I think, is a great rock singer. She's not, like I said, she's not an opera singer, but Pat freaking Benatar is a great rock singer. Mm. Ann Wilson was on my list, of course. Of course. Uh, uh, Ronnie James Dio, I think, is, is a great rock singer, arguably. David Bowie, definitely. To me, Alice Cooper, I know he's not for everybody, but he, he's a great rock singer in my book. You know book. what? He actually, you actually got me to listen to where Alice Cooper is an amazing voice. I love his voice. Yeah, I mean, he's, whether or not he rises to the level of great rock singer, he is a, a very good singer. He really he, is. He is a very good singer. He is, he, his stamp is on everything. I mean, he's Alice For sure. Covers don't work that well sometimes with him. And he does covers like with Hollywood Vampires. Some of them are great. Some of them are kind of misses. Uh, but when he sings his own stuff, holy shit, yeah. it's fantastic. Um, and... Now, here's one interesting. I, I picked Greg Lake because I love both. I mean, say la vie, have your leaves all turned to brown. I mean, he can do that. And he's like, Benny was the bouncer. I mean, do that raw, raggedy, you know. I mean, I just love Greg Lake. And you remember he was mentioned in uh, Wooden Tippy Tweet on the last yes. uh, on the last show, Birds of a Feather. And the Secret Weasels commented that uh, they thought I should have picked John Wetton instead. <laughs> Disagree. I love that you yeah. picked Greg Lake. Yeah, I 
<laughs> I respectfully disagree. Yeah. They secret might be weasels. secret weasels, but they're public heretics in this suggestion. <laughs> no, Agreed. I love you guys. And, and uh, John Wetton, no problem. But I mean, Greg Lake is I mean, he's Greg Lake. Come but on. you know what? That doesn't mean we won't use John Wetton later. Yeah, that's right. I mean, think about it. He just wasn't perfect for that super group you were putting it together. Let's just take King Crimson, Moonchild, and 21st Century Schizoid Man. Oh. The two. The two types of vocals you have to pull off True. to do that. John Anderson, believe it or not, really has it as far as I'm concerned. He's, he's, you, some would consider him a Muppet. I know you don't. No. Yeah. But I will say, when I first heard him, it was hard for me to get past this rock vocalist that sang very soft and pretty, but then all of a sudden there's this juxtaposition that I absolutely fell in love with. Yeah. But I can understand why people might be a little repelled by it when they first hear it, because this big, loud you know, rock band. I mean, I mean, the one of the best ever to me. Yes. And yes. then you've got this little kind of sort of sweet. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> kind of like you know a waif like yes. uh, sort of like a like a you know a skipping through the you know like a exactly. some kind of mythical creature. <laughs> he's like a nymph. He's like a nymph. I, I didn't want to say it, but yeah, he's like a nymph. He's he like a, like a sprite or something. He is. He's like a sprite. And uh, as one critic once referred to his vocals as pre-testicular. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I swear. Hey, they dropped. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> In a review for the album Tormato, which was the uh, tour I saw them on, uh, he described uh, John uh, Anderson's pre-testicular vocals. I'm like, that's, that's some cold on. shit. Come that's on. some cold-blooded <laughs> shit. But I love John Anderson. And here's one. I expect a rousing uh, support from you. Brad Delp of Boston. Oh, yes. He can, Beautiful. He was a fantastic I mean, singer. I'm, again, I know people will say stuff like we were talking about the other great vocalists. You know, earlier we're like, ooh, like their voice, don't like their music. I know people don't like their music. I think... They're so much fun, and I know they're considered guilty pleasure. They are just a pleasure to me. Oh, I love Boston. Yes. I love Boston. And got went to see Boston many, 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 many years ago before we were born, and Mr. Sammy Hager opened for him, so that was kind of a treat. Nice. Yep. And here's a deep cut. No, wait. Oh, oh, also, Steve Perry was on my list as well. Oh, Absolutely was. He's voice. right here, I swear, on the paper. And um, as much as I'm a huge Black Sabbath fan, I would not consider Ozzy a great vocalist. No. However... You really understand, you can grasp the, the value of Ozzy when you listen to, like I just did uh, two days ago, uh, Metallica singing Black Sabbath. When you listen to Hetfield try to sing Sabbath, uh, Sabracadabra, and a National Acrobat, and you really, you long for Ozzy. I mean, you understand Ozzy has his place, and he well, made sensational music. That's a pretty big leap, though, to, to, to miss Ozzy. I would not miss him. Again, if you put in any of the other vocalists who were ever in Black Sabbath, they would better... <laughs> serve Black Sabbath. I just don't... I, I You can't make me miss Ozzy. Nope. I would rather hear pretty much like... I don't know. I'd rather hear a dog like yodel throughout the whole song than would hear Ozzy. Would you rather Ozzie. hear Geddy Lee? Yes, actually. That was wow. a very... Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, yeah. I actually... I'm not a huge fan of Ozzy's solo, but Crazy. in Sabbath, he I was... Mean, I just don't uh, get in, it. In Sabbath, he was unbeatable because the material was so good and it suited him so hmm. well. Speaking of Sabbath, and you said the other vocalists... The last person on my list who's known, before I get to the deep cut, was Mr. Ian Gillen, who, oh, of course, did one album with Black Sabbath. On. Not appreciated by many fans, but by Mr. Bruce Baldwin and I, it certainly is. Uh, born again by with the Ian Gillen. Uh, yeah, he's a great rock vocalist. Oh. And here's the deep cut. Somebody you, <clears throat> some of you young people probably don't even know. David Byron of Uriah Heep. Mm. Fabulous vocalist. I mean, you might call him a Muppet, I don't know. But uh, he was, I mean, the band has been together for like 100 years. They're still together with one original member, and they're selling at stadiums in countries we never heard of. But they're still out there. But David Byron uh, was only in the band for, you know, five or six albums or something like that. But the man had a beautiful voice. That's the deep cut. Everybody else, uh, 
is pretty straightforward, so I didn't pick... Oh, Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison belongs there, too. Sorry, I missed him. Then that's it. All those are great rock singers, and some of them are my favorite bands, and some of my favorite bands don't have it in that department, but I still love them. So what about you, Cupcake? Well, um, interesting. I loved your list. There's some, of course, that I'm like... Oh, oh, I know. And then you may say the same about some on my list. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can hear that. I'm sure there are a lot of clothespin nose singers on your list that I'm not going to exactly jump on board with. Well, I will be interested to know what you think. And and just like you, I had some trouble because uh, I put together my list. Once I saw Best Rock Vocalist, I put together my list before I actually looked at their list because I didn't want to be influenced by their list. Yeah, yeah. So I came up with quite a few. So I'm going to go through them really quickly. Chris Cornell was number one on my list. And I'm, these are in no particular order, but they're the, the way they came to me and the order they came to me. Uh, Freddie Mercury, of course, Ann Wilson, David Bowie, Prince, Ian Gillen, Paul Rogers, Elton John, Michael Jackson, Aretha Franklin, Marvin Gaye, Stevie Wonder, and Elvis. Wow. Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Elton John is here on my list between... Mick Jagger and Rod Stewart, but I had so many written down I missed them, but he was on my list as well, unless I did mention it before. But that, those are some strong and unexpected. I was expecting something like, uh, try not to say anything disparaging here, but like Bono or something like that. As uh, much I, as you love, love too, he's not really he's a good not, rock I don't vocalist. think he's... Yeah, it's just like with a lot works, of my favorites. Yeah. It works very well for what he does. I mean, I don't... I think he's done some great music, but I mean, as far as if I'm looking at vocals alone, not thinking about the music, thinking about the quality of the vocalist... I have to give it to these people. I just do. I mean, Aretha Franklin. I mean, I I can't have a list without Aretha on it. I mean, she's one of the most amazing voices I've ever heard. I wish I could sing like that. I always have. Paul Rogers has that very kind of smooth, sexy, sultry thing going on. And having seen him live a few years ago, I mean, he is just an incredible singer, incredible control. Ian Gillen, of course, I have just so much more respect for him uh, because I've had so much more exposure through you and Bruce to how brilliant he is. And then, of course, I went back and listened to the Jesus Christ Superstar. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> didn't you? Aren't that. you one of those sad people who grew up with Ted Neely? Yeah, and Ted, <laughs> Ted Neely still does it better for me, but oh. Ian Gillen made me weepy. So oh. now Ted Neely makes me cry, but, oh, okay. but Ian Gillen made me weepy. So it's the, the, the volume of the tears here. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Okay. I was like, oh, but then Ted Neely just brings me to my knees. So. Um, you know, you have to have Prince in there and you have to have Michael Jackson. For me, those are two quintessential voices, beautiful voices. Prince is very different than Michael Jackson, but both lots of control, lots of professionalism, but also, also very, very raw. And it's very much them. And I feel like they're very, even though there's some derivative, right? They're derivative of, you know, James Brown. And they, you can tell that they have their influences in there. But they really made their voices their own, and they're two of the most powerful voices in in my musical history. So I could not have a countdown without them, at least about best rock vocalists. And while Stevie Wonder isn't a great rock vocalist, they are amazing vocalists that could do rock, right? And they did pop or R&B. So that's also the rub, because if I was thinking about just best vocalist, I would have gone a different way. So I think the ones that might have might be a little... Um, kind of off kilter are the Michael Jackson, Aretha Franklin, Marvin Gaye, and Stevie Wonder. To me, they could still pull off a really great rock vocal if they wanted to, and they have those rock vocal qualities that they can do. Like Michael Jackson hits that part of his voice. Prince hits that part of his voice. Stevie, for sure. Marvin Gaye can hit it. And of course, Aretha Franklin can destroy it. 
Yeah, I would have to. Well, Michael Jackson, absolutely, because he was an incredible case. Because as a child singer, he had that wonderful child oh, voice, yes. you know. And, you know, and he became a man and everything. He still had a freaking magnificent voice, magnificent. you know. And uh, Stevie Wonder, some of his stuff, like in the 70s, was so hard funk. I agree. That it really was It feels it was like it was rock. right there, it right? It was rock. On you know? that line. It, it certainly had a rock vocal to it. I mean, he wailed. He just let it. You know, he let it all, let it all hang out. He and, did. Uh, yeah, so uh, Stevie certainly uh, belongs there. You're, that was a good call. Very interesting. I thought that was a very interesting topic. I saw that, and I thought, oh, my gosh, that would be so much fun to talk about. So thank you. And I don't want to, you know, make us wait any longer. So what is number 20 on our top 20 of 2020? Well, it's a name that uh, I was very happy to happen upon all those uh Months ago, for our theme, Freebird, Any Song, Any Genre, J.R. Gray with a song called Deny. Uh, a very, very amazing song by an amazing singer. Americana, singer-songwriter. He's from the U.K. Americana from the U.K. That's I love right. it. <laughs> hey! <laughs> right? Now, admittedly, I loved this song because it felt like Tom Petty meets R.E.M. The melody is certainly all original, but perhaps influenced by those two artists and a great many others. He has such a wonderfully emotive, reassuring, and kind vocal delivery, and it's fitting for this alt-Americana song about denial. The guitar and harmonies are the perfect accompaniment. I listened to a number of other tracks, and they were equally as stirring. Enjoy J.R. Gray's Deny.
And that was the dazzling Americana singer-songwriter tune by J.R. Gray. You can find him at J-R-G-R-A-Y Music on Facebook. All right, that brings the feature number one. Hell yes or oh, hell no. The results. You want the results, do you, yadaratars? All right, well, for this feature, we consider bands and determine if we're in or out. And we also ask you to weigh in and give us your opinions. Uh, We want to know what you think about the band in question, which was Depeche Mode. Now, we talked about them a little bit last time. And uh, I confessed before the whole world, so unashamed am I and so uh, transparent am I in my life and open book, that I really wasn't that familiar with them, only but a few songs. So I dug a little deeper into them, and I did really like them. So I'm uh, clearly uh, hell yes on that one, although a late comer to the party, as it were, to the Mope party. No, I'm kidding, kidding, kidding. No, 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 they're really good. Uh, But uh, uh, the results themselves, well, the audience seems to be on board as well, and their meds are not working any better than Depeche Mode's, and 90 Nine percent of the respondents said hell yes to them. Only one said hell no. Nobody was really neutral. But uh, so, uh, what about you, Christina? Well, I will say the hell no, and you know who you are. The hell no, I was very, very surprised by. Although I probably shouldn't have been based on our age difference and, you know, the kind of music this person listens to. But I have to respect the opinions and and uh, they're here. I would like that person, as I always say to you, to give them another listen to really dig deep into their catalog. Because even if it's not your kind of music or what you normally listen to, I think you'll find some value in it. And although you joke it is not mope rock, it is really, really, you know, there tends to be... A message in a lot of what Depeche Mode does. Obviously, People Are People is a huge message song. Personal Jesus is a message song. Strange Love isn't really a message song, but it conveys something. Enjoy the silence. There's a lot Uh, in there, right? There's a lot being shared in there, but some are, you know, tackling social issues of the time, right, that still kind of resonate today. So Depeche Mode, not only the vocals, not only the production, you know, the way that the songs are crafted... The lyrical content, I love that as well. But really their entire body of work for me is just really exquisite. And again, you know, as I mentioned, they were who I listened to a lot. My friends and I, we just sat around listening to Depeche Mode for hours and hours and hours. That explains a lot. Does it? <laughs> About my sunny disposition and my positivity and my my overall sweetness? It, it, it actually is quite a, uh, quite a uh, I, was, I said quandary already, I think. It's uh, quite a conundrum when you think about that, yes, that you turned out as sweet and sunny <laughs> and affable as you are. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm definitely a hell yes, but I, you know, I wasn't surprised by the results, though I did expect to see more neutral, so I'm kind of happy that people are really on board. Yeah, and, and the 1% person, you know who you are. <laughs> I'm figuring you're either not a kid at all or you're like a super kid. You're, you're like too young or too old. <laughs> but, you know, if an old, uh, old goat like me can uh, appreciate them, then uh, you probably can, too. You know? <laughs> exactly. So get on board. No, just kidding. But thank you, everyone, again, for your participation and for telling us where you stand. Again, you are a huge part of this show. Every show we ask for your opinion. And as always, we leave ourselves open to your acclaim, criticism, or recommendations at bofonair at gmail.com. Please let us know what your thoughts are. Let us know what you'd like to hear. Would you like to hear us talk about something specific? Would you rather we never talked about certain things again? Let us know. We're open, we're here, and we are all about you. And before you 
you know, maybe start to question whether or not you should listen to the show. Let's go on to song number 19. Song number 19 is from the theme, Freebird, Acoustic, Any Genre. Now, I really did enjoy when we did the acoustic genre because I like, as much as I like that hard rock, I like to just take it down and chill out. But not to the uh, not to the Toby Keith level. Uh, not to the countrified level, <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> a little different. Americana is a totally different animal. Totally yeah. different animal. And some people might be thinking, well, no, Christine, it's, it's not the same. No, it's, it's not. not. It's not. So Take our word for it. That's correct. Take our word for it. We wouldn't lie to you. Uh, so the band uh, and or artist is Tony Furtado. And I was so pleased to happen upon this track called Can't Lie Down. Now, Tony is from Portland, Oregon, Americana Roots Music. And I will tell you right there, those three things, Americana Roots Music, that's usually Christina's totally in. So where do I start? The banjo, the fiddle, the vocal harmonies, and the driving rhythms are a good start. This uplifting, upbeat, and urgent song is the perfect balance of roots and rock. All of this is executed with skill, heart, and sincerity. I know you will enjoy as much as I did. Tony Furtado's Can't Lie Down. Let go. Now you're waiting to hear the things they wanted you to know. Put your head up from the dirt, put no solace in the ground. Hold your tongue while the devil's hanging round. Ain't no place to lie down. Ain't no place to lie down. Ain't no place to lie down. Until the devil's in the ground. While your world is still in spin Hold your eyes to the sky Find your way back home again The road was rolling on Can't escape the pressure bound You might buy a little time While the devil's hanging around There ain't no place to lie down There ain't no place to lie down There ain't no place to lie down Until the devil's in the
away Do you know just what you found? You can't cheat the dealer while the devil's hanging round The best in Americana roots rock was provided to us by Tony Furtado. That's T-O-N-Y-F-U-R-T-A-D-O dot com. He does a lot of lives right now, uh, live streams. So definitely check him out. You can find him on Facebook as well. And he never disappoints. He plays the banjo uh, in a way that I think makes Steve Martin jealous. So, Whoa. (laughs) Grammy Award winning uh, uh, banjo player Steve Martin. Exactly. All right, well, that takes us to song number 18, David. Squawk That Loon, George Michael. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) All right. Um, God, there's so many. Um, um, Okay. (laughs) Um, It's tough, isn't it? Baby. I'm your man. Don't you know who I am? Very nicely done. Just don't do that to me. Okay, so. Oh, it's going to happen. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. All right, well, I guess that brings us to song 18. I suppose I've had a little respite here for a while, so I can't say, whoa, whoa you're picking on me like I usually do. <laughs> so uh, she's been more than fair this time. So it's time for me to introduce song 18, which is, uh, which hails actually from our episode, Cheap Thrills, A Squawk on the Wild Side. And this was one that I listened to numerous times after the show, which I, I often don't have time to do. And it was stuck in my head, and this one really hit me hard, by Electric Mind Machine. And there's a name, no matter how many they throw at you, there's a name you're going to remember. Electric Mind Machine, the song was Absinthe Supermoon. And I'm such a dolt that I have no idea what it's about. However, it conjures up imagery. They're in the woods. There's this big Absinthe Supermoon. They're drinking. They're something about a sugar cube. Uh, <laughs> something about a acid, sugar cube. Acid, <laughs> uh, melting uh, heroin into a spoon or whatever the hell. It's something. There's this kind of like, uh, it, it seems it could be perfectly innocent. However, it could be it could be a child's field trip. I mean, it could be the seventh grade field, uh, field trip. But it sounds to me more like a cultic revelry in the woods at night under a big pagan moon with lots of drugs and booze and heaven only knows what. And uh, there's something about it, summing up the voices of the dead. It's really a knockout lyrically, regardless of having any clue what it's about. It, it doesn't ha- We don't have to know. Remember, yes. Always remember, yes. I love this group, and, and I've heard other stuff of theirs, which was equal. It just floored me. Uh, killer organs. Uh, it's like the 60s, only it's way too contemporary for that. These people know they're dragging you back in time into a really strange place out there. And uh, you enjoy the trip. You can't help it. It's brilliant. It is, a, it is Electric Mind Machine and Absinthe Supermoon. I feel the spirit. 
right, now that we're all swooning, as the lyric says, from the absinthe supermoon, see if you can uh, snap out of it a little bit to uh, find this wonderful female-fronted psychedelic garage fuzz band from Los Angeles, Electric Mind Machine. You can hear them at Electric Mind Machine. You can get in touch with them at Facebook and electricmindmachine.com. And what does that mean? That means that we are moving on to feature number two, which is Sparrow Me. For this feature, we discuss songs we wish we never heard. Now, I did this last time, and last time I did this, you disagreed with me. We shall see what you think this time. Um, I came up with another song that I wish I'd never heard. I truly wish I'd never heard this song. <sighs> Margaritaville by Jimmy Buffett. It was recorded at Criteria Studios in Miami and released in 1977. Now, there's a weird rumor out there that this song was supposed to be recorded by Elvis Presley, but he died in 1977, which is the same year it would have been recorded and released. Whether or not that's true, I don't know, but um, I'm glad that he didn't record it. I wish no one had recorded it. And I'm not sure if Criteria Studios is still standing. I would not imagine after such a weird-ass song, but who am I? So then... This song was fittingly used in two of the lamest movies of 2019, The Angry Birds and The Beach Bum, and in 2013, the movie Anger Management. And notice there are two movies that contain the word anger or angry. It certainly evokes anger in me, and I find that also difficult to manage. So the song possesses so many things I loathe in music. Number one, it is tepid and uninspired. It has lame lyrics, lame accompaniment, and lame vocals, a fake tropical sound, and all drunks wanted to sing it at karaoke. I could not want to have been sparrowed this song more. As promised, the karaoke story. You know, and <laughs> first of all, <clears throat> this is either everybody's favorite or least favorite loser anthem. And uh, definitely not a fave of mine. I don't think I would turn it off, but I wouldn't be listening at the same. I wouldn't be listening. It would be playing in the background. I wouldn't be like, I mean, if it were Drake or something, I'd be grabbing for the uh, the button to shut it off. I would let it play, but my mind would be elsewhere, honestly. And uh, Mr. Buffett, I will send you a new shaker of salt to replace the one you lost if you'll just shut up about shut it, for heaven's sakes. And, and I understand where you're coming from, because with karaoke, there's an additional torment built into this one over the usual intolerable song because of the chorus. Because you know when he sings nobody's fault that you still got to suffer through could be my fault and it's my own damn fault. So you know mm-hmm. that there, I mean, there's no end in sight. Or you know it's going to be a while. It's going to be a rough road. Whereas if the choruses were all the same, you could think, maybe this is the last one. <laughs> no, no, but no. you know he has to unfold this witless narrative. And, I mean, it isn't a particularly inspired song, and I don't really care for it. And uh, He's done better, although he's not like a real top artist of mine by any stretch. But it is kind of, uh, it is kind of lame, and uh, I did, uh, the, anger, uh, the anger movies uh, tie I did not know about. That's interesting. But, um, yeah, well, uh, unfortunately, you had to hear it, and now all we can do is uh, hope they uh, develop some sort of uh, uh, surgery that will uh, remove that portion of your brain that stores that. Well, I think with the uh, COVID vaccine, maybe they'll make a Margaritaville vaccine, because I really would like to... You know what? It really reminds me of... um, What is it? Sunshine of the... Uh, eternal something or something. Eternal sun- sunshine of the spotless mind. That's right, where they can actually erase shit from your mind. Is I'd that like what that was about? I did that. not yeah. know that. Oh, you need to see that movie. It's very good. Yeah, I, that's one of those um, ones I missed somehow. It's really good. I hate this song. I'm not a Jimmy Buffett fan. I am not a parrot head. I don't get it. That fake tropical sound crap every time. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be out, man. I as soon as I hear that. 
if you were driving anywhere with me, I would I would just have to. I mean, I might actually harm the radio to change it fast enough. I'm not sure myself or the radio just to make sure I don't have to hear it again. And I can't tell you how many times I had to suffer through that song um, when I ran karaoke back in the day um, and when I went to karaoke. It always came on at least once, sometimes more than once, because a huge groups of people want to go up and sing that song and scream it out when they're drunk. Oh. And uh, I just can't take it. I don't so, want to hear drunks sing anything. But, I well, it yeah. depends. A large enough group of them. I, I've been very fortunate because I only discovered karaoke last year with you. And uh, thankfully, on none of the nights that we went to the district, hello, in what, Fullerton, right? Mm-hmm. With DJ, uh, KJ, sorry, KJ Matt Drinkwine. Um, awesome, awesome place. Nobody did Margaritaville. I mean, they did some pretty weak ass shit, but they didn't do Margaritaville at least. Or you would have been, I'd have been dragging you back in. You well, know? I had a, I had a uniquely. You're right. I had a uniquely 50s plus crowd that would come in and sing the same sort of old. Delilah was another one. Oh wow! And I could just again. That's one that I just want to stab myself. Mac the knife was another one I heard. New York, New York was another one that I heard a million times. There's just a lot, but this one, I could stomach the other ones almost. This one just, when I saw it come up, I thought, oh, can I convince them to sing anything else in the world? Can I just say that that particular part of that disc, because we used disc at that time, is scratched beyond use? Can, is there any, can I buy them something Mm -hmm, so I don't have to hear this fucking song again? But no, alas, I was professional, shut up, and I listened to Margaritaville for the 500th time. Wow. Yeah. Man. So that is somebody you're, who hates you're a, a song. Su- you're a survivor. I am. I feel like I am. I definitely am. Well, song number 17 is certainly going to change the mood because it is part of our Freebird Any Song, Any Genre category that we had or theme that we had a while back. And it was by Mika Polly, And the song was Wreck. And I will tell you, this song hit me like a ton of bricks. So what does the press say about her? Well, they say she possesses a voice that flows like good whiskey and a frankness that makes Alanis Morissette look shy. She conjures up a sonic immediacy with the same masterful command as Annie DeFranco with driving, yearning melodies that stand alongside the work of Michelle Schacht, Nico Case, and Emmylou Harris. Bold, sexy, and wicked with just the right touch of irony. Listen to Wreck. It will not disappoint. Here is Make a Polly.
right, that was Make a Polly from New York, New York. And you can find her on Facebook at Make a Polly, M E I K A P A U L E Y. Uh, wait, did you say New York, New York? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I couldn't resist. I was going to sing it before because she's making that flashback nightmare karaoke face. Okay, it's okay. It's easy. Uh, go ahead. Carry on. Uh, squawk that loon. <gasps> Brian Adams. Oh, but when it gets too much, I need to feel your touch. I'm going to run to you. Well, yeah, going to run to you. All right. Very well done. Song number 16 was from our Freebird pop theme. And this band, well, actually, in this case, this artist is Britney Fance. And I fell in love with her the second I heard that voice. This song is Push Pull. We actually had the fortune of playing Britney a couple of times on our show so far and i'm sure more to come the opening of this song soulful hums are pleasantly reminiscent of fiona apple and entice you to listen on the bluesy shuffle makes the listener sway and yearn for a cold glass of new orleans lemonade the syncopated vocals at the halfway mark are a modern urgent and swampy rap that informs you that you must believe in yourself despite the push and pull to do the opposite britney fans a million miles behind you, a million more to go. One step, then the next, then the next to become the greatest. Distractions have no home here Blinders are no looking by Can't break, break my focus, focus To become the greatest To prove it, I won't quit to become the greatest. It's not about the finish line, it's not about the end. It's that inner light guiding us, us to become the greatest. And there will always be naysayers saying, Don't have what it takes to make it. You know that you're shown, so show up and prove that you are what you're saying. Believe it and don't let it make it your moment. We shall
And that was Push Pull by Britney Fans. That electro soul pop gem can be found at BritneyFans.com. And that's B R I T T A N Y P H A N T Z.com. Pardon me, I'm just finishing my lemonade here. Because <laughs> <laughs> now, feature number three. And this is a big, fun new feature that we only did once before. And it's a hit, well, with us anyway. Uh, and I'm sure you guys love it too. I'm sure we have our fingers on the pulse enough to know. It's like a game show, really. For this feature, we name lines from songs without any particular uh, intonation or uh, rhythm or suggestive melody to see if we can stump each other. And uh, we saw last time, well, the audience gets to play along with this game, which is really fun because they can writhe and they can squirm and they can gnash. Uh, and However, they have the additional thrill, the additional satisfaction of pointing at the computer or the radio and saying, to, to me, like last time, you dumbass, man. <laughs> Mr. Kiss Army for life. She stumped you with I was made for loving you? What the hell? And uh, we'll see what happens. But you see, I am I'm such a, a softy. I'm such a, such a pitiful person that I do not want to watch... Christina, my dear friend here, foam at the mouth and uh, and you know in anguish over this. My so I'm ass. gonna I'm gonna make them <laughs> so easy. It's as if I put them in a Cracker Jack box and just handed them and said, "Here, Christina, here it is." So let us see. I'm sorry, I believe I did the same. But real quick before we go on, squawk that loon. Are you ready? Oh uh, yeah, I was waiting for the band, <laughs> the artist, the act. Dexie's Midnight Runners. <laughs> Poor old Johnny Ray. I don't know the next line. That's not how the game works, I suppose. Come on, Eileen. I swear. Uh, whatever, you know. Very which, nice. which was also a theme. Cormorant Eileen was yes, also Cormorant a theme of ours. You see, you thought I forget that. No, sorry. I couldn't help it. I just no, had to no. squawk your loon before you kicked my ass All with right. this. And, and as if I were going to do that. <laughs> so here we go. Let me see if I can say these. I mean, I did give you soft lobs. I gave you I gave you kiss. Total softballs. I mean, well, I got three of what? I think you gave no, me six. you got four of six. I got four of six. Yes. You, you got me with kiss and ELO. EL yes. freaking I know. If you had said... You're looking good just like a snake in the grass. Bam. I would have been all over it. Right. But the that's line why I didn't picked, say that. I know. <laughs> all right, Missy. Well, here's one. Okay. Now, you see, not being a walking encyclopedia of kid music, I had to rack my brains a bit to think about stuff that she would know that I know. And uh, this is what I came up with. I've had enough of danger and people on the streets. I'm looking out for angels, just trying to find some peace. Looking out 
The angels. It's George Michael praying for time. Is that the name of the song? Was trying to find some peace. No, that's wrong. No. I think it's time you let me know. You might be getting warm. So if you just let me go. Fuck. What is the name? Teacher. That's the song. There are things that I don't want to learn. Just one more try. Thank you. Fuck bing, me. bing, 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 bing. Sorry, wrong one. I, I, I knew you. Uh, I knew you'd get that one if you thought sometimes about it. Sometimes you gotta sing through it. I was like, well, wait, that's not the wrong, the I, wrong one. I, I picked the song in my head, and then I had to go look up what the name of the song was because I didn't know because I'm not this big George Michael fan. Oh, you are. One more try. Uh, oh. Yeah, it's a, it's a powerful song. It's a beautiful really, song. Is. powerful song. And his voice isn't too bad on it. Oh, did I just say that? I'm sorry. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Of course. You know, just in case, I do have a paper grocery sack at the ready. That you may place over your head and chant mm-hmm. whatever sort of shame-filled loser mantra you want to. If you mm-hmm. don't get any of these, mm-hmm. that, uh, fair enough. Thank you. Strictly, I appreciate strictly that. Strictly voluntary. Appreciate. Okay. That. Well, you nailed the first one. Let's see what we got next. Uh, and these are groups that I know you know or really like or something like that. Just like you did with me. Only I still fucked up two of them. Okay. Hey, I may fuck up more than two. Well, yeah. I thought you were going to struggle with that one there. I thought you were giving up, but no, no defeat, no. baby, no it's surrender. Singing. <laughs> no defeat, no surrender. Just keep singing. I'm going. She's got the words like, down it's pat. Coming. It's you coming, know? it's coming. All right. You don't know how you got here. You just know you want out. Believing in yourself almost as much as you doubt. The fuck? Ah, I think I got you on this one. One more time? You don't know how you got here. You just know you want out. Believing in yourself almost as much as you doubt. I absolutely have no idea. Wow. I got nothing. Probably. You know, there might be a reason for that. I don't know U2's canon that well. Mm. That might not be on one of their albums. It might be on the soundtrack to Batman Forever. Ah, yeah. I'm kind of, yeah. Hold me, thrill me, kiss me, kill me. Oh, okay. Yeah, great, You know, that is a great song. I... I will tell you, I'm. I it's mean, not I'm, on any of the studio albums, is it? I don't believe so, and I'm. I'm not surprised I missed that one. I'm sad, of course, that I missed that one because I do love that song. But it's it's one of the songs I've heard probably the least. Wow. So, but okay, very wow. cool. Got you, got me. I, I got you with you too as well because uh-huh. the, uh, uh, the hints would have been it's a movie theme. Uh, any other U2 song in the world I right. probably would have got, but not right. that one. Well, see, because that's one that's, you know, it's one of my favorite U2 songs. I love that song. And, of course, it's from a movie that's in my collection, too. Right. Batman Forever, which also contains Seal as well. Yes, I, I think I saw Batman Forever once. Yeah, most people so, don't want to yeah. see it more than once. Good. You know, most people are put off by it. Yeah, it was good. Joel was Schumacher fine. Batman I mean, is not like, everybody's maybe. bag, you know. Yeah. But uh, good good soundtrack. It's got that. And it's got, um, well, of course, the first Batman had Prince, obviously. Yes. But uh, the, the the uh, Batman Forever had that and had Seal as well. I so, do love Seal. Uh, a Kiss from a Rose yes. was in that one. All right. All well, right. Minus uh, one. All right. Here's number three. Uh, oh, the bag. I mean, again, purely optional. Thank you. Okay. I appreciate it. Um, number three. She had a dream. And boy, it was a good one. So she chased after her dream with much desire. Not even a, not even, not even a flicker. Not even a flicker. I got nothing. Okay. Well... Wow. All right. Well, the hint this time will come in the form of just singing the same lines back to you. Uh, not that I can, really, but, I mean, I'll try. <laughs> she had a dream. Boy, was a good one. So she chased after her dream with much desire. 
So that is John Cougar Mellencamp. It's John Mellencamp. That's right. What's the song? Dun, 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 dun. Yes, with the with the violin. Oh, I refuse to call it a fiddle. So Beautiful, good. powerful song. Uh, it was a rain on the scarecrow, blood on the it's, plow. It's actually not that one. It's it's, not? it's similar. Fuck. Because all, all his shit sounds the same. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Of course. Fuck. <laughs> I love Mellencamp. Uh, no, it's shit. similar. And um, it was a it was a, it was a single and a video. Most of these songs are either singles or videos or something like that. I hear it. Paper and fire. Paper and fire. There you go. You needed hints, but I paper did. and I fire. Hints. That's right. All right. Good work. Wow. Remember the bag. Okay. Now <laughs> the oh, bag's always can, there. Can you remember this? <laughs> <laughs> Too bad you've only got two of those, right? Okay. But you know I can use them at the same yeah, time. That's right. All right, let's see what we got next time. Uh, ooh, good one, good one. Let's check this one out. Is it cloak and dagger? Could it be spring or fall? I walk without a cut through There's a stained glass, glass wall. Oh, I suspect <laughs> she's got this one. Is it cloak and dagger? Could it be spring or fall? These dreams by heart. These dreams by heart with the incredible... Uh, Incredibly uh, rare vocal by Nancy Wilson. Yeah, she's she's really very talented and vocal as well. Oh yeah, she's well, she's fantastic, and that song works best with her. I found out some interesting uh, history on that song today that you might not know. Very interesting. Hmm. You're and you're going to scream. You're going to yank your hair out over this one. In 1985, singer-songwriter Martin Page, who co-wrote other successful songs, including "I Swear I'm Not Making This Up," "We Built This City." The guy who wrote that song co-wrote "We Built This City." I'm, I'm, this is the truth. Well, and accolades for the first, the former, <laughs> for the latter. Shame. He should really just be. He should just give, be shipped away. Give back the accolades. Yes. Uh, so it's kind of a wash. You know? Yeah, it's kind of a wash. He also uh, co-wrote uh, "King of Wishful Thinking" with Bernie Taupin, hmm. uh, and uh, the song uh, wrote a song which would be later titled "These Dreams." The song was offered to Stevie Nicks of Fleetwood Mac, who expressed no interest in recording it. I don't think it would suit her anyway. Uh, you know, it's not my favorite song. I, I absolutely it's love it. Right. I'm sorry, but I love that song. It's I, all I right. just love it. Hart had just signed with Capitol, and even though they didn't write the song, they took it anyway. And I think it's a lovely song. Okay, so you certainly got that one. All right, now this next one could be a little tougher. Now you know this ain't no through street. The end is dead ahead. The poor folks play for keeps down here. They're the living dead. Hmm. I guess I need a hint. No idea. Uh, Diamond Dave. Mm. Yeah, I gave you softballs. You gave me. I, I didn't mean to. I swear. Um, shit. It's not Panama. What is it? Fuck. Do you have any more hints, or are you done with that? Well, that's a great hint. No <laughs> idea. Still. <laughs> All right. It's from Fair Warning, uh, which I think was the. I think Bruce said he they lost him after that album. Fourth album. Uh, it's uh, Mean Street. Sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to make it tough. Mean Street from Fair Warning. All right. Sorry, sorry. I'll make it easy. Um, oh, actually, this one, this next one. Wait, hold on. How many are there left? I just want you to know that my, the next various, I will make it harder. Oh, shit. I'm, I'm going to be totally humiliated. I'm going to go deeper this time. I, I'm going to be completely humiliated, I know. <laughs> All right. Well, this next one is probably hard. It is a magnificent lyric. I absolutely love this. this. is sheer brilliance. But you might not get this one, even though I know the act is very is held in very high esteem with you. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Here it goes. The first crystal tears fall as snowflakes on your body. 
First time in years to drench your skin with lover's rosy stain. That's a kick-ass lyric by any measure. Do you know it? Nope. I could, well, I'll have to sing it. Ready? A chance to die, but can we dance into the... Duran Duran. That fatal kiss <laughs> is all we need. need. What is the song, dance pumpkin? into the fire. Cla- it's a brilliant, absolutely go- fantastic song. Co-written with a very notable composer. <laughs> you should see her. You should see her here. Because all we see is the... Uh, You're going, it's okay. I'm not going to get it. I view to a, a kill. kill. A view to a kill. Eiffel Tower. Yeah, well, maybe you never saw the video. I did not. But, oh, it's, it's fun. Well, they have clips from the movie. And uh, Roger Moore is chasing Grace Jones up the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, so the whole, like... James Bond theme thing? Yeah, I, I, I'm I know, out. but it's Duran Duran still. Yep. And it was a video. You so, kids watch videos so all the, the time. Thing. But. So here's what you did. You thought of shit that you would know. So you picked shit you like by bands I like, not normal well, shit. Well, yeah, I thought that was like uh, you know building a bridge between us. <laughs> that is not what I did for you, but I no. will make sure to do that next time. All right. Well, we'll see what happens next time. She'll try. She'll witlessly, pathetically try to stump me. Of course she will. Oh. She'll make a complete monkey out of me, obviously. I know she's going to. I know she's going to. I'm just going to look for my deep cuts. I see how you play. I mean, seriously, it, it's it's kind of dull like when pitchers are like really really good and they strike everybody out you sit there and watch a whole game and nobody even gets a hit that's ridiculous you know who wants to see that i want a pitcher who sucks where there's lots of action <laughs> you wanted to see that <laughs> and i i didn't want that i didn't i wanted to make it easy for you to to get a home run well that was fun i do love various songbirds it's fun i bet those other people are like christina how could you not know these and i'm like you know what to me those are obscure Obscure. Yeah, they feel obscure to me. Movie soundtracks and videos are obscure. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, those particular ones. Yeah, well, I mean, those I'm, great I'm, bands. I'm not a video person myself, so I understand. Yeah, that's true. That, you, you actually have gone on record as saying that. Well, thank you very much. You certainly stumped me. Song 15 uh, from the theme Night Owls. The band is The Lucky Dutch, and I fell in love with this song the second I heard it. The song is Darkness. Now, right away, you are hooked with the rhythmic electric piano and the rootsy, raw, and commanding vocals. They grab you by the hand and walk you deeper into the groove. It is classic blues rock. The guitarist is clearly a disciple of Clapton and Vaughn, and it pays off. It is perfectly dirty and certainly sounds like they sold their souls at the crossroads. The singer, Natalie Graham, has performed as a guitarist with Buddy Guy, B.B. King, and Coco Taylor. Enjoy darkness.
That was the Lucky Dutch with Darkness. They hail from Chicago, Illinois, Americana Blues, Roots Rock, and you can find them at theluckydutch.com. All right. Well, that takes us to feature number four, I'll Do It Better Than Emu. For this feature, we discuss covers of songs that either rival or are better than the original. Now, again, you may have noticed the question mark, the emu. Very well queried. Thank you. Because... This is the opinion of others, not necessarily our opinion. So we actually reveal on this show, in front of you, we lay ourselves bare. And we reveal whether or not we think that the cover of this particular song is better than the original Emu, if you will. This song is Let's Spend the Night Together, originally by the Rolling Stones, covered by David Bowie. 
Now, The Stones, this got to number 55 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 and number 3 on the U.K. Singles Chart. And the Bowie version hit number 19 on the Dutch Top 40. So, so Rolling Stones, I love that it's gritty and it's dirty and it's raw and it's salacious. Okay, I love that version, the original. For me... It feels a little too harsh to be sexy. It sounds a little too messy and unrefined. Whereas when I hear the David Bowie version, I love the groove. It's clean, it's bouncy, it's playful, it's raunchier, it's suggestive, and it's sexy. And the spoken parts hold more mystique and are far more enticing than the Stones version. So I know my partner David, I know he's going to disagree with me, but I feel that David Bowie did it better than Emu. Well, David Bowie, as uh, we've heard on previous uh, shows, really has a knack for uh, carving out his own uh, sculpture of a song and making it either stand shoulder to shoulder or just plain being better than the original. Apples and oranges, but still better somehow. And on an earlier episode, we saw how he totally nailed the Beatles across the universe in 1975. Two years prior to that, he put out an entire album of covers, and every single one of them was the rival of the original. I mean, he did the Kinks, he did the Who, he did Pink Floyd, and they were all just brilliant. But uh, in 1973 also, and we talked about this on an earlier episode, this is the one David Bowie album of that era that I never actually owned. Aladdin Sane. Aladdin Sane, that's right. 1970, Aladdin Sane. Uh, I knew most of the songs because they were on David Live, the live album. And uh, the great WPDH in Poughkeepsie, New York, played a lot of them. So the studio versions I had been familiar with, there were a few tracks on there that were kind of new to me. And this cover of Let's Spend the Night Together was one of them. The first I heard it, and I think I remarked to you, it was an, I thought it was an absolute disaster. I thought it was a complete balls up and, and a, a total mistake. I thought, ooh, he just wrecked this wonder, and it's a really great album. But I went back and listened to it again, and it really is good. I never thought, I don't think of either of them as sexy. But uh, I suppose they're a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit uh, aggressively come on, you know, and I think that, Let's that's cool. Let's spend the night together. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not, I mean, it doesn't put you in a sexy mood, but it is, it is a sexual song. It's a, I mean, they had to, they had to clean up the lyrics for Ed Sullivan, or, right? But um, I, upon a repeated listenings of the David Bowie version, it really is good. I thought, what the hell is he doing to the melody? He's just, he's just screwing it all up. He, he totally changed, for example, his take on... Uh, and he does this. His take on the Who's I can't explain. Theirs is fast and choppy and totally upbeat and rocking. And he, he slows it down and makes it smooth and slinky and seductive. And he puts the sax in there. And it's a completely different song. And it's, it's a masterpiece. But his take on Let's Spend the Night Together, again, more listens to it. And I really have come to like it. But I still would take the Stones version first. But, um, no, it actually is quite good. So I like what he did with it, but uh, I'm still going to take... It's hard to cover the Stones and better them. I mean, like Jumpin' Jack Flash and so People cover a lot of Stone songs, and they really don't uh, usually eclipse the uh, the originals. And this is not one of those cases, but Except it's a lot closer. Well, it's a lot closer than I thought. But it's, uh, it's, it's good. It's really good. Pinups, I think he, all of them are better, honestly. I mean, interestingly, he did a Kinks cover... That Van Halen also later did, uh, Where Have All the Good Times Gone. Uh, his version is the best, I think, Bowie's. But uh, he did a good job with it, and it grows on me more every time. And it fits so well into the, this is a wild album, it's playful, 
It's like it's just it raw guitar driven. It's just a, this is a party record. A lot of it. It is a lot of fun, and it kicks a lot of ass. And this song does belong on it, and I didn't think it did at first. So I love it, and I'm still going to give it to the Stones of it. That is pure pop gold, the way they laid it out. And that, to me, that's the number one. But Well, you know, I say yes, you say no. Wait, is that a song? <laughs> you say yes. I say no. <laughs> you say why. And I say I don't know. Or you say stop, and I say go, go, go. Go, yep. go, go. Damn, those Beatles lyrics, they're over my head. Oh, they're yeah. everywhere. They're everywhere. All right. Well, that takes us to song number 14 that you will be sharing a little bit about. Uh, indeed, it does appear to. And this is hailing back to our show, Morning Doves, Love Gone Wrong. And the band in question, the irrepressible Britney's Rage. Happy uh, timing alignment of the uh, universe uh, caused me to see an Instagram feed from the Rainbow Bar and Grill. And when I heard this original band was playing, I heard their stuff. I listened to their stuff on Reverb Nation and thought they are phenomenal. Uh, comprised largely of the nucleus of Tony Muella on guitar and uh, Brittany Rochelle on vocals. Two absolute powerhouses, a power couple, the most adorable little couple you ever saw. They're just lovely. And uh, they do some incredible work all over the strip with sound and lights and things like that. And Tony has done sound for Cher. I mean, you know, it's they hail from Los Angeles and El Paso, Texas. They go back and forth. And uh, these, this is just a band you really have to dig into their sounds and dig deep down into their playlist. One of my personal favorites, and this song, meeting the Love Gone Wrong Morning Dubs theme, is called Is There a You and Me? Shooting star, promise me the world and say I'd be your girl. 
Britney's Rage. Is there a you and me? They're a hard rock, rock and roll band. They are the rock and roll pirates of California and Texas. And at first listen, you're going to think, uh-oh, this is this is somebody i got to stick with. And they've put out some singles of late this year, so definitely want to get back and check up on them. And you can find them at Britney's Rage, E-L-P-T-X, that's as in El Paso, Texas, on uh, Reverb Nation. And uh, go check out their canon on Reverb Nation. You can get some of their stuff at iTunes. We had the privilege of seeing them the last show in Hollywood we went to, wasn't it? With the lab, with the lasers. Oh, they were absolutely unleashed at the Whiskey A Go-Go. We were there while our show was debuting, so that was pretty interesting. That is right. It was the day that Birds of a Feather premiered, February 14th, which is, what's that day again? Valentine's Day, ah, yeah. Yes. We were, Yeah, I know it was Valentine's Day because the Hustler store was handing us out uh, sex toys and lubrications mm-hmm. on Hollywood, on uh, Sunset Boulevard. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, and we saw them and uh, some tribute bands, sorry, some tribute bands at the Whiskey, and it was just a great, great night, great show. And uh, our own program premiered, and hopefully you were all there. And uh, it was a special night because of it. it was a special time. Our show actually uh, got uh, off the ground, uh, flew That's out of the right. nest, and that was before winging it was even a thought in anyone's mind. When they started to say, we want more, we want more, so we uh, came up with winging it. And here we are 30 shows later. 30 shows later. Wow. Oh, Almost man. a year. Almost a year. Thanks for sticking with us, folks. And uh, speaking of sticking with, I'm going to stick with the mic here because we're coming up to feature five. Everybody's favorite except for Virius. Now, actually, this one is a little bit less tormenting, uh, <laughs> a little bit <laughs> less torments agonizing. You if I don't know. Yeah, you yeah. Well, there, there's face. a certain level of grief there. It's true. <laughs> History strikes back. And for this feature, we travel back in time to a particular year to review bands, music, charts, pop culture, or any stupid thing we want to talk about for a randomly selected year. And this time, finally, finally, the random number generator spat out a year before I was born. Mm. Uh, Just before, actually. 1960. 1960, yeah. So what in the world was going on in 1960? Well, this was... The happy days. This was rock around the clock. Uh, this was everything was peaceful. This was the baby boom. This was you know uh, the cleavers and uh, all the, all of that stuff. Uh, no one had any idea what a tumultuous decade was about to begin. 
No one had any idea what a tumultuous decade was about to begin, but the following 20 years certainly saw the greatest musical output of the century. And there's no 60s and 70s. Forget about it, kids. I'm sorry. This, the dinosaur's never changing his mind about that. I got the brain the size of a walnut. You're not going to get in there, okay? <laughs> 60s and 70s, baby. That was it. So what was going on in the world? Well, I, found, came, I came across some interesting things. Remember when we talked about the post office, the zip codes, 1963? Yes. That was pretty weird. That was weird. Um, Events of this year. Well, it was also known as the Year of Africa, and I don't remember this because I was like negative one. My parents were like, okay, last, that was the last one. That was the last one. My sister was the last one. Uh, one more boy, one more one boy. One more, one more. Uh, because of major events, it was known as the Year of Africa, particularly in independence of 17 African nations that focused global attention on the continent and intensified feelings of pan-Africanism. Now, on January 2nd, United States Senator John F. Kennedy announces his candidacy for the Democratic presidential nomination. Another interesting thing happened in 1960 you're not going to believe. The United States Census begins. What? They've only been doing that for 60 years? Hmm. Yep. There were, get this, there were 179 million U.S. residents on that day. Not even, of course. I'm rounding, <laughs> I'm rounding it off for you. Yeah, that would be a hell of a thing. I mean, now it's like... Uh, a whole bunch, give or take. You know, I mean, it's like, but that, that isn't much of a, of a population. A Believe me, we got way bunch. more than that now. Uh, very interesting year in Elvis news. January, I swear I didn't know this. This my whole lifetime, I didn't know this. Elvis was promoted to sergeant. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Thank you. I'm glad it's not just me. No. And given command of the Third Armored Division Reconnaissance Unit. <laughs> Can you imagine being blown up on the orders of Elvis? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Maybe I want to drop some bombs on you. Okay. Was di- <laughs> he was discharged from the Army honorably. That means he left the Army, in other words. He wasn't kicked out. The first kidney transplant in the United Kingdom is performed. Well, does that mean it was the first one done in the United Kingdom or the first one ever, and it happens mm. to have been in the United Kingdom? Mm. That's a big thing. I mean, uh, between identical twins. They were really playing it oh, safe. Yeah. <laughs> playing it safe. <laughs> what could go wrong? Right? I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, there's no chance of rejection. It's the, they're like the same person, right. gen- genetically almost. This I never even heard of this before. The nuclear submarine USS Triton completes the first underwater circumnavigation of the Earth. I had no idea that anybody sailed under the water around the whole damn Earth. Did That's you? That's pretty cool now. Yeah, yeah, apparently that happened in 1960. Damn, we were pretty advanced back All then. All right. Uh, and December 31st, last day of the year, was also the last day on which the farthing, a coin first minted in England in the 13th century, is legal tender in the United Kingdom. Now, come on. The farthing, it's got to be like the coolest sounding denomination in history. Right, you know? it's for sure. Are not, two, uh, are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? I mean, it's just <laughs> one mean, of those yes. regal sounding things, one of those really classic Brit things. You know, I think I was sent forth the following year as a consolation prize for the loss of the beloved and classy farthing. It's just a theory, you know. Mm. Uh, cold comfort indeed, I know. Oh uh, another thing that just started that we are so used to that started back then, like zip codes, for example. Arthur Leonard Shaolau, is that a real name? And Charles Hard Towns, Hard is actually a name, oh seriously. My. Where you, uh, okay, received the first patent for a, wait for it, laser. Freaking lasers. Laser. We, laser. <laughs> she does the Dr. <laughs> Evil air quotes. Laser. <laughs> the Alan Parsons project, you know. Laser. laser. <laughs> but, I mean, we use lasers to play our music, for heaven's sakes. Um, you know? Right. Right? Exactly. I mean, oh, man. Now, the, the world's longest-running musical opened in New York City, The Fantastics. Now, 
I, I know. I lived in a cave my whole life. It played for 42 years, and the only thing I know about... Oh, good. You don't know either? I'm not sure it was like Phantom or something. No, yeah, the uh, 42 years. Yeah, the Fantastics. My goodness. The only thing I know about this entire play is, try to remember the kind of September. That's the only thing I know got about is that song. I good. Nothing. Oh, thank God. It's not just me. Okay. I thought and I, I was, love musicals. I, got I thought nothing. I was like the biggest ignoramus ever. I love musicals, too. Like, I just, well, we could just be two of the biggest ignoramus. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen a great many of them, but I certainly like them when I do see them. Harper Lee released her critically acclaimed novel, To Kill a Mockingbird, 1960. Whoa. Wow. Uh, and and uh, in Louisville, Kentucky, a gentleman named uh, Cassius Clay won his first professional fight. Now, what's Cassius Clay's other name, Pumpkin? Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali. Uh, later in that year, besides the, uh, the nomination thing, the two leading U.S. presidential candidates participate in, get this, the first presidential election debate on television. It was 1960. What? Who were they? Well, they would both go on to become president, though like not at the same time. Vice President Richard Nixon and Senator John F. Kennedy. Mm. First televised debate between two presidential candidates contenders was Kennedy versus Nixon. Wow. And the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Another thing, 1960 wow. started out. The first person to be ever photographed with their star was Joanne Woodward. Oh, okay. But that's when they started uh, the Hollywood and Vine Walk of Fame. Wow. And we're so used to that our whole lives, right? Oh, yeah. Now, in the movies, speaking of Hollywood, now we love movies like we love music. Oh, yeah. We are your culture vultures here. For sure. I mean, we really are. You know? I might have mentioned once or twice or 400 times maybe that my mother managed like all the theaters in my area. And, you know, in turn, and I grew up in the movies, which the suspension of disbelief is such a, a great thing. It really comes in handy. For example, like when I'm trying to accept that people actually listen to this show, I mean, <laughs> it comes in handy. <gasps> oh. I mean, we love it, but we're glad you love it, too. It just, it still surprises me. Sorry. Well, I mean, uh, I think it will always surprise me to some degree, but I'm... There you go. See? I'm del- Well, the numbers, though, the numbers yeah, don't lie. Just like hips. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. A tie back into winging it. Yes, that Very was nice. winging it. Uh, <laughs> all right. I'm starting to feel it. Okay. <laughs> now, I love movies, though, because everything operates under a different set of rules. I and mean, people think differently. Like, for example, whenever anybody passes out in the movies, usually from drinking, right, uh, the stuff that we don't drink, their people always want to change them into something. It's like, what the hell? No harm comes to you if you sleep fully dressed. I assure you. <laughs> and I've slept in my clothes many times and suffered no ill effects. Although it did give us a great scene in uh, Two Weeks Notice, which uh, rom-com that Christina just turned me on to. Sandra Bullock passes. you got to see this. Hugh Grant and Sandra Bullock. It's classic. Oh, love classic. It. So good. So, yeah, so, yeah, we'll, we'll get off and talk about movies anytime. We don't care. <laughs> yeah, we, just, like, we just don't care. And this is not a 1960 movie. This is like oh, about 10 years ago or something. She passes out drunk, and he and a friend or an employee or something like that are putting her to bed or on a couch or something like that. And he says something about changing her into some other clothes and everything and the other guy looks at him he's like yeah I don't know where that came from (laughs) it came from watching the movies that's where it came from because it's just something you do and the trains I love the trains in movie land they always have this like length of chain lying on the top for some reason there's this movie magic always causes someone to leave it up there and the same magic keeps it from flying off for like interminable periods of time as the train bumps and rattles down thousands of miles of track because it has to be available if two dudes get into a fight up there so, what were the movie audiences nodding their heads and blindly accepting in 1960? Uh, it was certainly a year of epics. Spartacus, Exodus, the Alamo. I remember. <laughs> nice. Well played. Ocean's Eleven re- recently remade up to, what are they up to, Ocean's 15 now, 16, something like that? Recently remade. Yeah, this, this part is for Bruce. You think we need one more? 
You think we need one more? We'll get one more. That's probably a line from I've never seen any of them. New oh, my God. Old. It was so good. The oh, whole, really? That, that moment, the George Clooney very good. thing. Uh, it's got, so got a good. lot of good people in it. I'm really stupid for not really seeing like it. You would really like them. Yes. Ocean's, but what are they up to? 12, 13, 14? Like Ocean's 75. 75. Some is shit like, like that. Like, There's like a small herd of people. Small herd of people. And a uh, personal favorite of mine, Psycho, which uh, Psycho came out in 1960. Wait, wait, wait. And here it is. I have all four of the movies with Anthony Perkins. And that word Psycho is forever going to be linked and this is this is your fault too. Well, you didn't really put me onto this mm. one. I, that word will forever be linked to Mini Driver, in Gross Point Blank, telling mm, John Cusack. You that one. Yeah, you did right. You didn't let me borrow it. I bought it, but you did tell me you got me. You made me a I'm John like, Cusack. You, you got to do it. Yeah. Uh, where Mini Driver says to John Cusack, "You're a fucking psycho." It's, <laughs> You're it's a the best. Fucking psycho. She's brilliant. Love her. Oh yes, absolutely right. So, on television, on the tele, you're never going to guess what premiered for the first time. Bugs fucking Bunny. We were talking about <laughs> early on. 1960 to 2000. 40 years of Bunny, and wow. it all started in 1960. The Flintstones, too. The Aww. iconic Flintstones, which was, of course, everybody knows, just an animated ripoff of the Honeymooners, but still, the Flintstones are iconic. Worked for me. It worked, right? Now, there were some notable cartoons, but when it came to live-action shows, westerns were king. Horse operas, as they're sometimes so quaintly called, dominated the airwaves. Gunsmoke, Wagon Train, Have Gun Will Travel, Rawhide with a certain gentleman named Clint Eastwood mm. uh, starring, Bonanza, The Lawman, The Rifleman with Chuck Connors, Cheyenne, it just went on and on and on. There were a couple of cop shows, a couple of family shows, but darn, the westerns were king. What about the music? This was the 60s, folks. Artists were putting out two or three albums a year because everybody had lots of money because uh, all the strife hadn't started yet. Well, and the songs were like three minutes, too. The songs that, were like three minutes. Hopes. You recorded them in one room. That's right. That's in it. one microphone. Ready? Go. <laughs> well, the Beatles in 1960, of course, weren't making records yet, but they made their debut under the name Beatles, with an A, in Germany, uh, beginning a 48-night residency. Damn, that's a lot of work, folks. And I think they were doing two shows a night, too. They worked themselves to death. But what was the band? It wasn't even the Beatles we know. It was John Lennon, Paul McCartney, George Harrison, Stu Sutcliffe on bass. Paul was playing rhythm guitar and Pete Best on drums still. But they would soon become the Beatles we know and love. Johnny Cash and Elvis each put out three albums that year. Ella Fitzgerald, wait for this, four albums. Etta James, who's, of course, classic, came out that year. At last. Sammy Davis Jr. put out an album called I Got a Right to Swing. And I checked with the constitutional experts and... He's right. It's actually enshrined there in our basic liberties. Swinging. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bo Diddley, Bill Haley and his comets, Ray Charles, the Everly Brothers, and hey, Ricky Nelson. And I didn't know that many of the singles, so I don't hold much hope out for the Dumplin' here, but um, let's see what they were. All right, the top singles of that year. There's one by Mr. Elvis, who had several, actually, which borrows the melody from Oh, Solo Mio. Hmm. Uh, it's now or never. It's one of those, I, I loathe these songs. It's like, Tonight's the Night, it's like Thunder Road by Bruce Springsteen. It's like Go All the Way by the Raspberries. It's like every, uh, it's like uh, Only the Good Die Young by Billy Joel. It's basically, My Love Won't Wait. So, you know. Are You Lonesome Tonight, as we mentioned. Chubby Checker, The Twist. Yes, that kind <gasps> of rock and roll on, was still baby. out there. Let's do the twist. And the drifters. So don't forget who's taking you home. And in his arms you're going to be. Wrong rhythm. Oh, so darling, darling, save the last dance for me. I don't know what I'm doing with the egg there. I'm not sure either. But yeah, like, that's, you that's know. pretty. That's pretty. I'm just going to roll with it. Yeah. 
just uh, the fact that you were able to overcome that is yes. really uh, commendable. What else we got? These waters are even a little murky for me. I know some of them, but I'm not thinking you're going to be really up on this. Teen Angel, can you see me? Teen Angel. Yeah. All right, okay, there you go. I mean, it's just, it's, it's like... It's, I, I've heard it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like American Graffiti soundtrack stuff. For sure, yeah. Only this is like two years before that fictitious uh, setting. I'm sorry. No, so sorry. sorry. A little, little love for Brenda Lee here. The twist, as mentioned, Chubby Checker. It was an itsy-bitsy, teeny-weeny, yellow polka dot bikini that she wore for the first time today. We talked uh, earlier about the uh, traveling Wilburys. Well, one of their members had a single out this year called Only the Lonely. Mr. Roy Orbison. That's right. That's right. Uh-oh. No. Get ready to cringe, folks. Paul Anka. And they called it Puppy Love. Ah, Sam Cooke, an absolute legend. That's the sound of the men working on the chain gang, right? Gang, very close. Okay, yeah, very, very close. A little off there. Uh oh, Bobby Darren, come on somewhere beyond the sea, somewhere waiting for me. Ah, what else is out there? Cherry Pie, but not your favorite song. So, uh, Ray Charles, Georgia. And hey, guess what? Stairway to Heaven was big, but it wasn't Led Zeppelin's, obviously. It was, I'll build a stairway to heaven. No, it's uh, Neil Sedaka. Yeah, it was a Neil Sedaka. I got nothing. Yeah, I I thought that was a tough one. And a song that was, I'm not even sure where it began. I think it's like the song that never ends, uh, the song that just has no beginning and no end. It's been around as long as time. Uh, It was covered by the Beatles and... Dr. Buzzard's original Savannah Band, or whoever the hell it was. The best things in life are free. John Lennon rips it up on that album. John Lennon, who's a great rock singer, in my opinion. Eh, whatever. <laughs> whatever. All right, 1960, we didn't exactly know a whole ton. We did, actually, know a fair amount of them, considering it was like the Stone Age, you know. Anything before my time is the total Stone Age. And once again, we'd like to thank our executive producer of this segment, Casey Jones of Head On Productions, <laughs> a division of Trainwreck Enterprises. So, yes, uh, I love Shrikes and I love Virius. And uh, all right, so uh, with all of that exhausting gum flapping on my part, surely you have to do a segment or a song or something now. Yes, song number 13 is from a theme that we did quite some time ago I Will See You Later. And the band that emerged from that particular theme was Stanley Avenue. This song is called Driving Home. Now, they are from Las Vegas, Nevada. They are pop, soul, and rock. I have to say, the vocal breaks, bluesy trills, and sumptuous vibrato are life-affirming. There is something so sweet and heartbreaking about her voice. The staggered and purposeful tempo conveys the melancholy and desperation of this song. Bluesy guitar leads a la Clapton, and it all works, and I would gladly allow any of them to drive me home. Here is Stanley Avenue.
That was Stanley Avenue with Driving Home. You can find them 
on Facebook at Stanley Av LV. So feature number six, Sinister or Sweet Starlings. Now for this feature, we determine whether the lyrics are sinister or sweet. So in this case, the song is Hallelujah, and the artist is Leonard Cohen. Now, obviously this song has been, I think there's, gosh, I'm trying to think, covered over 300 times. I was going to say, this one I think has been covered more times than My Way and Yesterday put together. (laughs) It seems like (laughs) everybody's had a crack at it. True. There are 80 verses that were written for this song, and only seven are used in the studio recording. Good call. And different verses were used on stage. It's uh, it's an interesting song. It is said to be an argument with God. Dark rituals, and it's also dripping with cynicism. So those are all of the different things that people think it could be about. Some confirmed, some not confirmed. All, all in all, we have uh, determined that it is not a happy song. Hallelujah itself is used ironically since it's, it means, obviously, to praise joyously. That is certainly not how Cohen is using it in this song. So let's take a look at some of the lyrics, or at least I'm going to share some of them with you. Now, I'm not going to share the ones you know. Everybody knows the ones that, you know, are at the beginning of the song. Your faith was strong, but you needed proof. So that's, you know, one of those things that people think could be a reference to God, right? Your faith was strong, but you needed proof. So there was one thing there. And then also, if we go a little further down, some of the things start to get a little weird. Baby, I've been here before. I know this room. I've walked this floor. I used to live alone before I knew you, and I've seen your flag on the marble arch. Love is not a victory march. It's a cold and it's a broken hallelujah. That's so a hell of a line. That's, uh, that's not positive. And then it gets even more strange, David. There was a time you let me know what's really going on below. But now you never show it to me, do you? And remember when I moved in you, the holy dove was moving too. And every breath we drew was hallelujah. So to all those people who are like, oh, this is a song... It's about God. Um, Okay, let's keep going. Maybe there's a God above, but all I've ever learned from love was how to shoot at someone who outdrew you. And it's not a cry that you hear at night. It's not somebody who's seen the light. It's a cold and it's a broken hallelujah. This song is just dripping with cynicism and loss and pain and a little there's definitely some sexual overtones going on in here that i think overlap with god overtones and relationship ending over there's just a lot going on here so when i look at it (laughs) from all these different angles i find that it's sinister and not sweet yeah well it is absolutely seething with skeptical nihilism like you know uh doubt and and you know, anger and, and you know rejection and acceptance and I love the that it's a mishmash of emotions and it's even a mishmash of Bible references for heaven's sakes. I'm talking about David and then he sees someone bathing on the roof. This is a reference or this at least happened in the Bible with the case of David and Bathsheba. Then he goes on to uh, she tied you to a chair and cut off your hair. Well, that's Samson, which mm-hmm. is generations before David. True. It's, it's, but it is evocative in a strange way. I'm hoping he didn't really mean anything by it because it isn't terribly clear. And there's a part about the Holy Dove, you know, the Holy Spirit and everything. It's, it has a real downer 
twist toward the end. I mean, it stays, it goes low and it stays that way. My only beef with the song is that it, the mope factor is so high. If somebody puts out a song, I'm not familiar with Leonard Cohen's music at all. I'm really not, except this song, for heaven's sake. So everybody's done it. But it's the mope factor. If you did an album and did one song like this, or two maybe, and then switched it up and changed the tempo and did some stuff that made you like feel like living another minute, uh, that would be cool. Uh, but if you just do songs like this all the time, you might as well be Tori Amos. I mean, it's kind of. I mean, this should be followed up on an album with, like, Twist and Shout, as far as I'm concerned. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> but it's a strong lyric, and I would think it was probably more sinister than sweet, uh, definitely. I would go with you on that one. It seems to point in that direction. There's a little bit of... There's a little bit of hope, a little bit of love, but it's pretty pretty nasty, uh, all things taken considered. It seems like it's coming from a very bad place. So I wouldn't think it was a really uh, sweet song, no. Yeah, no, I think there's a lot of doubt in here. I think there's there's a doubt in God. I think there's a doubt in oh, yeah, clearly. love. I think there's a doubt in himself. It's meant to slap the listener in the face and say, look, everything's not perfect. You know, it's a very tough song. Well, that is uh, one that we have determined, both of us in agreement, is sinister. The uh, the esteemed song number 12 is Ailish, and uh, they were actually guests on Terrific Interview. Great songs they played right there. Oh, wonderful stuff. On Butterflies and Hurricanes, you can look that up. I think it was episode 128. Ailish was formed by sisters, Sindon and Rowan Healy. Now, there are some names to conjure with, as Lewis would say. Uh, who have been writing and performing original music together since they were kids. Well, to me, they're still kids, but that's another story. (laughs) These ladies have uh, extreme talent. Just listen to the song once. That's all you have to do. And then get back to me to tell me Ailish ain't all that, because they are. They're a fantastic band. And here is Weep. Thank you. 
Weep by Eilish. And once again, you can hear them. A lot of their music played right there in the studio, as it were, on Butterflies and Hurricanes. And you can find them on officialalish.com. That's official, A-E-L-I-S-H. Like delish, only with an A instead of a D, if you, if you insist. Okay. <laughs> Dot com. And uh, dig into their rock, blues, alternative, very strong stuff, but two very strong ladies with a lot of talent and a lot of moxie, and uh, you're just going to be taken away by their uh, incredibly intense sound. So go Alish, Go check them out. So that takes us to song 11 and the last song on today's show. And this one is from our Freebird metal theme. Hell yes, we are equal opportunity. The song is The Lizard. They are from the UK. They are heavy metal, progressive, psych, and hard rock. And this particular song is from their album, Bitchcraft and Lizardry, which just kills me. I was going to mention that. I love that, yeah. The Lizard delivers from beginning to end a blues-based hard rock shuffle with John Lord, Deep Purple keyboardist-style organ. The chorus is unexpectedly dark and brooding. The band's prowess is demonstrated in some quick staccato passages and organ embellishments. This song allows Reptilian Humanoid to enjoy the title of the Lizard King. I will tell you, as far as new metal for me goes, they are right up there. So I know you are going to enjoy the Lizard.
Now I know that you are totally in to Reptilian Humanoid, and you can find them on Bandcamp at Reptilian Humanoid. So that takes us to the part of the show that makes me sad every time, but it's necessary, and that's really the end. We are asking you to tell us hell yes or oh hell no for Michael Jackson. Where do you stand? Are you in? Are you out? You may know if you listen to us at all how we feel about Michael Jackson, about the Jackson 5, and... And all of that. However, we want to know what you think. And uh, you want to know what the results are? Well, we will be sharing those results on the next show. We also have the top 10 of 2020. So we want you to come back. If you were an artist that was played in 2020, come back to see if you made our top 10. And if you didn't make the top 20, please know it's not because we don't love you, appreciate you. And think you're fantastic. It was very hard to whittle it down. The 156 to of you. Yes. <laughs> then I want to tease that somebody else's birthday is coming up ah. in the new year. And would that involve a special birthday show? I believe it would. I mean, if you would indulge Pro- me. Process of elimination. Well, then I will do my own birthday show as well. And is I it know- less work for me? Of course, yes. <laughs> And we also do have some really, really exciting stuff coming up in 2021. So I'm going to be quiet now, but just wanted to go ahead and tease all of that out to you again. Listen next time for the top 10 of 2020. And I turn it over to you, David. All right. It's time to wrap this puppy up on a neat little blanket. The next Winging It airs December 5th. A New Birds of a Feather airs December 12th. That would be our top 10. Platforms to hear, Fusion Music Radio shows, well, they're all over the place. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Podchaser, CastBox, GeoSavan. I'm serious. Come on. Can we do something about that? No. And more. <laughs> <laughs> and more. All right. We've got links all over the place. Don't worry about it. Other shows you can hear at the same locations include the Butterflies and Hurricanes archives and the new ones, Butterflies and Hurricanes Indie Insurrection, Octane's Groovebox with Octane and Louis Drayton, In Details, The Tilly Riddle Show, The Hill Rant Radio Show, Flowing Backwards with Ian Four Candles, uh, Midnight Madness, The Soup Kitchen, Do the Offerings Never End? No, not quite. We have the old Shock and Awe archives and, last but certainly not least, Audrey's Mixtape Show. So, uh, yeah, we got all kinds of offerings for you. And it looks like we're going to be locked down for a little while longer, so you might as well start checking them out now. And, uh, gee, uh, we've hit a wall. We've run up to the end of the road, and we're looking down over the abyss, Mm. and... I think that only leaves for you to say... Let's get the flock out of here. This has been Birds of a Feather on Fusion Music Radio.